ministered to the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of the Lord had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord, where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. And again the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call, go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The Lord called Samuel a third time, and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy, and so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel, for your servant is listening. And the Lord spoke to Samuel. This is the word of the Lord. The second reading is taken from John chapter 1, reading verses 43 to 51. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. And then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Jesus said, you believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You will see greater things than that. He then added, very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the son of man. This is the word of the Lord. May we pray. Speak, O Lord, as we come to you. May we receive the food of your holy word. Not my words, Lord, but yours. Take your truth, plant it deep in us, to shape and fashion us in your likeness. Amen. Last week, 
Jonathan led us in thinking about the journey the three wise men made to see Jesus and how that might relate to our journey of life. This week, our gospel reading takes us forward to the beginning of Jesus' ministry. John the Baptist has been in the wilderness of Judea, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. He had many followers. Crowds came out from Jerusalem to hear him. And people came down from the north and um, from all over to listen to John the Baptist. He was a real phenomenon. But his ministry was to prepare the way. So he points his followers to Jesus and literally pointing Jesus out to them and saying, look, the Lamb of God. This piques the interest of two of John the Baptist's followers, Andrew and another one. Jesus invites them to come and see. They spent time with Jesus, and then Andrew brings his brother Peter to Jesus. Finding that these Galilean followers of John are now his followers, Jesus decides to go north to their home region of Galilee, and there Jesus finds Philip and calls him to follow. And that's the background to our reading today. Jesus has found Philip and calls him. It's very interesting that sometimes we think we're looking for Jesus, but actually he comes and he finds us. Well, it's wonderful when a small child comes bouncing up full of excitement and longing to share something. Philip approached Nathaniel in this way, bursting with good news. He's found the Messiah. It's Jesus, Joseph's son from Nazareth. He must have been disappointed when Nathaniel brushed off his announcement contemptuously, but then delighted all over again when Nathaniel met Jesus for himself and experienced a complete change of heart. It's, it's easy to be downhearted when people don't share our enthusiasm for Jesus. We might even wonder if we made a mistake sort of speaking to them at all. But it's not up to us to form someone else's relationship with Jesus. We can pray for them, of course. And we need to trust Jesus himself to, to work in their lives, to make those connections with them in Jesus' own time and his words, as he did for Nathaniel. Because Nathaniel wasn't going to take Philip's word for it. He had questions. He wasn't impressed by the idea of the Messiah coming from Nazareth. Well, it was just a short distance up the hill from his home village of Cana, and surely Cana was a better village than Nazareth. So, Messiah? But Philip echoed Jesus' invitation, come and see. And it was meeting Jesus that made the difference. So, let's not be afraid of asking questions, or of people that ask us questions. Jesus was happy to respond to Nathaniel. And from Jesus' words, Nathaniel realized that Jesus knew him, really knew him, what he was like on the inside. Jesus knew Nathaniel was genuine, without guile, one who strived to be a true Israelite, someone who tried to know God and to obey him. The name Nathaniel means God gives, and Nathaniel was someone who realized that God gives to us. And now he recognizes God's greatest gift, 
Jesus. He recognised him as the son of God, the king. And then our reading ends with this um, sort of message that Jesus ends the conversation with. You will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And um, I'm not sure I've really grappled with exactly what he was getting at there, so I did that in preparing with this sermon. It might be a bit incomprehensible to us. Why is he talking about um, angels going up and down? But to Nathaniel and the others listening who knew their scriptures, it was a connection with the story of Jacob's ladder. Jacob's son, Jacob was the son of Isaac, and he was running away from his brother Esau. Jacob felt pretty lost and alone in the wilderness, and then he had a dream of a ladder between heaven and earth, and angels going up and down it, and then the Lord himself spoke to Jacob. So this place where God met him became a sacred place. All down through Israel's history had been a very special place, Bethel, um, and the forerunner of the great sacred temple of Jerusalem. So their religion had become tied up with places, places that were holy, where you could meet God. Was this troubling Nathaniel, the assumption that you could only meet God at a special place? Now Jesus is telling him that he is the connection between heaven and earth. He is the way to meet God, not at a place but in a person. Clearly this meant something to Nathaniel. He stuck with Jesus to the end and was present when Jesus met his disciples in Galilee after the resurrection. It wasn't just Nathaniel, but the disciples wanted to find out more about Jesus. Were John's claims about him true? Was he really the Messiah? Come and see was the option for them. They didn't have the internet to, to, to do the research and Google. So they spent the day with Jesus in conversation, sharing food and enjoying each other's company. Watching um, The Chosen, it's, we've, we've managed to get through to series three and there's another one coming out. Um, and, but it's made me aware of how much time the disciples spent with Jesus in the three years of his ministry and how much they learnt watching and listening to him, and not just you know, learning teaching, but they learnt about themselves and how they could grow in their own faith. And they learnt a lot from rubbing up against one another, and they were all so different, and they learnt that Jesus loved them all, even the ones they found difficult. And that was all part of the learning process, was that fellowship that they had with Jesus and with each other through his ministry. How do we find out if something is true? The internet may be our go-to these days, but even with fact-checking websites, can we trust the information we find there? What's reliable? What's fake? Knowing and following Jesus is about meeting a person. We can meet him in the Bible, but also by being with each other in the Lord's presence, and he's with us not just when Jonathan says, oh, the service is starting now, but in those bits beforehand when we're greeting each other and catching up, and in the time afterwards when we're sharing fellowship round coffee, and um, especially in those times when we have meals together. 
in doing things together, maybe. Maybe something like the master's studio or in visiting gardens together. Uh, we didn't all go as a big crowd for open gardens, but I think we did have um, fellowship, seeing people in the village as we walked from one garden to another, even in the rain. And there are Lent walks coming up and Lent courses. So let's use these opportunities for checking out our feelings and intuitions and trying to get the facts straight. Not just the facts, but meeting the person, Jesus. And maybe we know people that struggle with a modern church building. I think we perhaps don't lay too much emphasis on we must have a special church building to, in order to meet God. But there are some people that do, that struggle with a modern building. And this bit of John's Gospel where, he talk, where we read about Jesus being the way you meet God, not a special place. Maybe that's something you could share with someone. Because fellowship has always been at the heart of our Christian life. And I'm sure it will be again as we move forward in this year. So let's look out for the opportunities that come our way to come and see and to encourage others to do so. Remember Samuel in our Old Testament reading. He didn't recognize God's voice. He hadn't been made aware of who God was or um, hadn't got to know him. But yet God was speaking to him and he needed Eli to say, speak, to, to say to Samuel, to lie down and listen out again and say, speak, Lord, and to be aware that it was God speaking to him. Do we know someone who's experiencing God at work in their lives but not recognizing that as God's work? Maybe we're the one that can point out to them that maybe it's God speaking to them through the events or whatever it is that's happening in their lives. The challenge is to listen and to recognize God's voice. And again, fellowship is important because if we're not sure what God is saying to us, share it with someone and together we can work out what God is saying. In our lives, meeting Jesus is not a one-off. It's part of our life's journey. It's not just, oh, I said I met Jesus then and now I've got on with my life. But we have a journey and we're seeking how he helps us. And we experience how he answers the different questions and challenges that come our way. And as we experience that, we can also encourage others that meeting Jesus is not a one-off. It's getting to know the person, the person of Jesus who works in our lives and we have a relationship with. Finally, <coughs> I want to read a poem to you um, that encourages us to find God in different situations. It's a poem, but it's also a prayer. It's called Not Only in Words. Why do you want me to speak? Is not my presence sufficient for you? The kiss of my love in the sunlight or the scent of my being on a flower? Why do you want me to speak when I hug you in the embrace of a friend? When I move you by the fall of a song? When I show you the scars on my hands? 
Why do you ask me to speak when I use other voices, not mine? For mine is the cry of the stranger, the hungry, the prisoner, the poor. Why do you ask me to speak when I've spoken so often before? Heed my world, read my word, seek my son, and then you will hear me. Let's pray, let's take a moment to listen, to seek Jesus. What is he saying to you? Lord, do you want me to spend more time in fellowship or in reading your word? Do you want me to say to someone, come and see? Do you want me to say to someone, it's not the place, it's the person? Do you want me to help someone to recognize God at work in their lives? Lord, speak to me and I will listen. Amen.